eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He is just an obsessive goal scorer. But they have to understand I chose to, to stay in my country because I'm French. And... Welcome to House of Champions. This is James Benj, joined by the excellent trio of Mike LaHood, Jonathan Johnson, and Nigel Rio Coco. What a midfield they would make. Uh, we are here to preview the return of Serie A on House of Champions. Stay tuned right now. YouTube family, make sure you're hitting that like and subscribe. We are going to be here with you throughout the season. We've got Champions League to come next month, but right now it's all about Serie A. Available on Paramount+. Plus. Let's start off with a little refresher. Des Norris, get those standings on the screen. But for those of you listening in the audio, I can tell you, and it should be no surprise to anyone that's been watching European football, leading the way in Serie A, 41 points from 15 games. The last undefeated team in uh, in Europe's top five leagues, Napoli, 13 wins, two draws. AC Milan, Juventus and Lazio make up the remainder of the top four with Inter Milan, Atalanta, Roma, Udinese even, all within six points. Down the bottom end of the table, it's a little bit more bleak if you're a fan of Cremonense, Sampdoria and Verona. Still yet to hit double figures for the season. There's action at the top of the table. There's action at the bottom. Mike Lahoud, let's start with you. Um Kind of going back and, and looking back over the, the Serie A season as we were, what were your standout moments, your standout teams? Uh, I mean, you have to start at the top with Napoli, but don't sleep on the likes of Udinese and Atalanta. Prior to the last two or three weeks of Serie A going into the winter break, they were the big talking points of the league. But I think the quality of Milan, Juventus are starting to rise to the top of it. It's going to make for an amazing return of Serie A football. James, for me, I'll just have to say Napoli. I'm a big, big fan of this Napoli side, not just what they're doing domestically, but also in the Champions League. And you know they are my secret favourite dark horse that I want to win the Champions League. 
I think they're great. I think they're breath of fresh air to football. They're so enjoyable to watch. One of the top teams in Europe for watching their approach to the game. And I think this title is theirs to throw away. Very similar circumstances. I know we're not talking about it, but in England as well, when you look at Arsenal, leading the way, <laughs> playing fantastically well. Obviously, Napoli have a bigger point of margin gap against second place, but you would say they are leading and grinding out results and it's their title to throw away. I think that is, I mean, it's an interesting comparison. For those of us that, that follow Arsenal, it's maybe a scary comparison because uh, we all think, and the odds makers there as well, having Napoli at minus 250, they think this is in the bag. But kind of in a similar way to the team that tops the Premier League, no one really came into the season thinking they could do that. I mean, we remember that Kalidou Koulibaly, the anchor on which this, this now the rock on which this Napoli team was built, uh, departed, Lorenzo Insigne as well. This was, this was supposed to be a, a step back season, but they have flown up the table. And uh, I'm certainly with Nigel that, that this is a team that could go and achieve a great deal in the Champions League once it has the Scudetto wrapped up. And I think that'll be a matter of time, frankly. But Jonathan Johnson, Napoli starting off with what in theory and on paper, despite the results uh, so far this season, is one of the toughest tests you can get in any Serie A season, away to Inter Milan. So, for Napoli in particular, that World Cup break they've had, is it a help or is it a hindrance? Uh, just adding on uh, what you guys were saying about Napoli as well, I think you know something that maybe gets overlooked a bit when we talk about them is the fact that Napoli needed that overhaul. A lot of their players mm. were getting too old. Uh, you know, They'd stagnated a bit. They'd fallen back from where they were a couple of years ago. So I'd argue that actually that rejuvenation of the squad uh, you know, has led them to this point where they're overtaking the likes of Inter Milan. And th this is a must-win game for Inter. I mean, okay, when you look at that gap between second and fifth, there's only three points in it at this moment in time. But if Inter were to lose that, I mean, to be to be perfectly blunt, 11 points off of the top of the table, Inter aren't going to be winning Serie A this season. So they can forget that already. It's whether or not they can get themselves back into Champions League reckoning. And if they lose this, then, you know, that makes it all the more unlikely because you look at the other teams scrapping. Uh, you know, for European qualification. And they're, you know, they're not easy uh, teams for, for Inter to beat. You've got Juve, you've got Lazio, you've got Atalanta and Roma just behind them as well. Fiorentina, who could be upwardly mobile, but are, are pretty remote in terms of their European chances too. JJ, I was hit on a very interesting point there about Inter because things don't look great, but equally, you know, this is a team that is, I believe, the second highest scorers in the division. Napoli, whose attack we rightly praise, Kvica Kvalatskelia, the likes of Viktor Osimen as well, Piotr Zielinski, there's so much talent there. And yet, Inter have only scored three goals fewer in 15 games. They've got 34. Oh, and by the way, they have the most expensive player in world football history in terms of accumulated transfer fees, Romelu Lukaku. He says he wants to stay at Inter Milan. My question for you, Nigel Rio-Coca, would be, do Inter Milan want to keep him struggling with injuries? And we saw what happened at the World Cup. How does he get over a moment like that? Um, I, I think that he still needs a bit of time. I think he isn't fit like he was in the previous season when he obviously helped him to, to win the league title. I think that with everything that's happened since he's come back, he's unrest at being at Chelsea. Everything that happened at Chelsea, leaving there, never really getting fully fit and getting back to his best. There is potential for him to really still refine and recapture that form that he had last season, I believe so. But it just takes time. I think Inter are going to have to really be patient with him. Let this season be a little bit of a write-off for him. We'll bring him towards the end of the season just to get match fitness back. Let him take his summer off and get fit and Rory to go next season. Mike, 
Yeah, I, I I think he's he's in dire straits right now because of the pressure that's on the manager. I, I'm weary to say that Inter are going to give him time because look at the players who have a lot to play for. The question marks around this attack. Yes, they've been scoring goals, but you have players, the likes of Latoro Martinez, who looked a shadow of himself at the World Cup. A lot of question marks about how he's going to return playing for Inter. He is their leading goal scorer with seven goals. The main man, if Lukaku continues in this form that could overtake him, is Edin Dzeko. Edin Dzeko, since their Champions League rejuvenation, it started with that 1-0 win, Chernoglu with the goal, match day four against FC Barcelona. That is what turned the ship for Inter Milan. And Edin Dzeko, I, I don't think he's getting enough respect put to his name. So much attention drawn to Lam- Romelu Lukaku. In international football, at a club like Inter Milan, if you're not producing as a striker, they will ship you out or put you on the bench. I happen to think that Edin Dzeko gets rather too much respect put on his name, actually. Did you know he's he's one of the... Boom, James, there you go. Elite-level <laughs> scorers who most underperforms their XG. Uh, and I think in each of the last five, six, seven seasons in league level, he's underperformed his XG. But equally, I mean, I, I would probably agree with Mike that that Dzeko has a has a point to prove and a place to play for, and and that's a tough position when, from Inter's perspective with Lukaku, there's no logic, no value to to committing right now to this player. You, you want to play Chelsea here, you know that Todd Bowley is is desperate to get rid of him, and we've seen kind of events of the last few months and quite possibly going into this window, he's not the best deal maker when it comes to European football. So I think Romelu Lukaku is going to be playing a lot of the next four or five, however many months it is, with quite a few questions hanging over him. I don't think we're going to get quick answers on this and it will run and run. And I don't think we'll we'll know what he's doing until late August. Anyway, back to this game, cracking game. Inter Milan, slight favourites with the bookmakers. I make them slight favourites and I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. I think the World Cup will have been a little more disruptive for Napoli's momentum than we think. But we'll go around the houses. Quick prediction. JJ? I can see this one being a score draw, so I'm going to say 1-1. In answer to your question from earlier about the World Cup, uh, I actually think that it will have been relatively kind to Napoli. I think obviously they have to get into their stride, but I don't think that it'll see it'll see them cost too many points at the top of the table. So I'm going to say they hold on for a draw here. Nigel? I'm going for a shock 3-1 win for Napoli. I know Nothing's a shock. A shock for <laughs> yes, but 3-1 win for Napoli. I'm telling you, Napoli mean business. Mike? Yeah, I... So Inter Milan, I I was going to say draw, but I go back to the stats and the stats never lie. Inter Milan, they haven't drawn a game in their last 24 league matches. So we're going to scrap a draw. And I think this is going to be much closer than maybe Napoli are thinking or might be thinking. I am going to go maybe 2-1 Napoli win, though, at the end of the day. Napoli have been very good at home, equally good on the road, but very good at home. I have a a Uh, follow-up question for you, Nigel. Let me just say Uh, this quickly. So so I guess Michael's saying that Jonathan Johnson has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. He no, wouldn't be the first. No, no. <laughs> what I want, what I want to know, Nigel, is if oh. if for some reason a world eleven is created, the best players on the planet in every position, and they were picking, they were playing against Napoli, you'd still pick Napoli, wouldn't you? <laughs> mm, yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe. James, let's do it. Probably. We've seen it. We've all seen how they play. It's a breath of fresh air to football, their approach. You know, we didn't expect them to be this good. I always have to give credit when credit's due. Great management and great application by the players. They've got top players. They're performing. And what I like about them is they play football on the front foot. They don't go just to defend it. They don't care who they play against. 
They've got the players out there playing, attacking football, and it's so great to watch. I mean, I, I do completely agree. And they have been a breath of fresh air, and I'm just as excited to see them in the Champions League. Another team I'm very excited to see in the Champions League, as we go round the teams that maybe will challenge Napoli, maybe we'll just be fighting for the Champions League spots. And I'm going to ask each of you about one of these. Uh, AC Milan, Mike Lahoud, mm. eight points off. Mike Mignon injured, but they have Rafael Leao, who we saw was fantastic at the World Cup. So much young talent. I, I mean, you know, they're, they're the, the reigning champions as well. What do we expect from them in the in the next half of the season? I expect them to kick on. Olivier Giroud is really just supplanting goal after goal after goal and and just what he's done with the French national team. Rafa Leal, they have a good balance of youth and experience. Injuries, though, has been, has been the big question mark for this Milan team this season. Simon Kahar, he's been injured in and out of the lineup. He would partner with Tamori. Can he stay fit? They have injuries to their back line. Ante Rebic getting injured ahead of this return to Serie A play. If they can get those players back healthy for the second half of the season at any given point, I think the likes of Leal and Giroud, they will have to keep the quality high for them to have a chance. JJ, uh, talk to me about fourth place Lazio. But before that, Juventus fans, you'll be saying, why have we skipped you out? You're such a mess. We're going to come in. We need a whole part to talk about you and your car crash of a club. JJ, Lazio. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, last last year are an interesting one because obviously we've sort of been waiting for this Sarri experiment, uh, you know, to to come to fruition. It finally seems like it's uh, you know happening now, uh, and I actually think that they're one of the teams that could perhaps you know look to really uh, you know push on and perhaps uh, you know provide a bit of competition just in behind uh, Napoli. Uh, I think a lot of what happens with AC is going to depend uh, you know upon uh, the likes of Giroud, you know how he does after such a taxing World Cup, uh, but. You know, for Lazio, I think, you know, they they can certainly harbour ambitions of uh, finishing in that top four based on how they've performed so far. I think, you know, there's quite a, a bit of pragmatism to Sarri, which I th- think he's learned from his last couple of managerial postings, uh, you know, but obviously still a lot depends upon Immobile and uh, Milinkovic-Savic. And I think Immobile was injured uh, just yeah. before the, the World Cup break. Nigel, talk to me about hipsters' favourites, Atalanta. <laughs> Atalanta. For me, James, honestly, I think between you look at the Inter Milan, Atlanta and Roma, three teams that really expected to really give a fight for that top four and make it in the top four for Champions League. I think Atalanta will be the team that does it. Again, I think they're a team that's pretty much benefited a bit more so from the World Cup just gone. I think that when I look at Atlanta, it reminds me of a club that I once played for, which was Wimbledon, the old school days, the crazy oh, gang kind of mentality. Where I am right now. And, <laughs> and it's, 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 it's unique. And the reason why I say that is because it really is a family-based club. It's a family atmosphere. It's the underdog story. And as the manager says, if you haven't hurt, you don't know fight and struggle, you can't play for Atlanta. And I feel that that's something that's going to really rejuvenate them. And I see them as one of the teams that are going to probably the best form of this second half of Serie A. And I just believe that they'll be the team that really gets into that top four. Can I shock you? I I, I disagree yeah. with you, Nigel. Thank you. And I'm going to. I was about to say <laughs> a Jose Mourinho team <laughs> after years on this podcast and its predecessor, Kegelato, of saying that Mourinho's methods were cooked. It was time to move on. He's getting real results at Roma. Obviously, they're struggling a little bit with having to play um, European football on Thursday night, but. Expected goal difference, Napoli, 16.2. Roma, 16.2. It is that Mourinho lockdown defence plus some real young talent in attack. 
it is working. And actually, it's the first club we've seen in a very long time where Mourinho and the fans absolutely love each other. That They've been a huge success. And I think maybe if they can fix it so that they can get eliminated from the Europa League early, then they may well find that they're a serious contender to qualify for the Champions League through those top four places. They might win the Europa League as well. I think that's maybe their only problem. Right, after the break, Juventus fans, as we promised, we are going to talk through everything that's happened at your club during the World Cup. It's been quite dramatic, isn't it always? Uh, And we will also have a little chat about La Liga. That's all right after the break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing To grow in your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Don't stop watching the world's best soccer. Stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live on Paramount+. Plus. It's soccer's ultimate annual competition, not for country, but for club. Sign up today for 50% off an entire year using the code all year at paramountplus.com slash sports. And of course, you get all the Serie A thrown in on top of that. There is no quiet weekends right now. It is all systems go until June. I keep forgetting when the Champions League final is, but I think it's early June. So uh, there's plenty to watch out for. And I don't know. I think if you're a per- person that likes maybe the chance of a big upset, a big giant killing, then maybe the game you'll want to be tuning in for in the coming days. Cremonese against Juventus. Now, let's be frank here. Cremonese, not all that special. Seven points, just uh, zero wins from their first 15 games, but seven draws and eight defeats. They're doing quite well. Juventus had something of a revival, Mike Lahoud. Yeah. Before the end of uh, the first period of the season, but then ever since then, it's gone a little bit wrong. Andrea Agnelli has left. Uh, they are looking through their wallets, not finding any cash, actually finding an awful lot of IOU statements. <laughs> How much impact is this going to have? And, and Nigel, maybe you could dive in afterwards because I know you've both played the game. And Nigel, I know you've played for some clubs that have had uh, financial ups and downs. How much of an impact is that going to have? More more importantly is how Nigel behaves when he's with me because he's going through his wallet with all the money he owes me for the cognac that I bring him. That's well said, Bench. This is going to have a massive impact, and and we may not see it until later in this season or maybe even next year, the domino effects that start to fall. But the one thing that Max Allegri has done to, to kind of curtail some of these 
issues that have you've seen the, the the writing on the wall and the cracks in the pavement a bit with this Juve team. He's gone to youth. And I think for them to remedy anything out of the season, he'll continue to go to youth. For Jolie, he's been a revelation in midfield, box-to-box midfielder. That combination between he, Locatelli, and Rabio, it's come to great success and great fruition. And Moise Keane, and the big question around Juventus is, what do you do with Dusan Vlahovic? He's coming back from the World Cup. My thoughts exactly. Get rid. It's past time. Sell by date. But he's still on the team. And if he's positive... (laughs) <laughs> hey, keep keep that club out of your mouth, Nigel. Keep that club out of your mouth. It's a good thing going on with Ten Hag. But there, there's still a couple question marks with this team. And after the World Cup break and the winter break and really the second half of the season coming back, it's Max Allegri, do you stick with the young players? Do you stick with the players that have gotten you into this position? They have been the dark horse. They have been the team that a lot of people have overlooked because of the success story that Napoli is. Remember, Juventus does play Napoli. Napoli has not played Inter Milan. They'll play them tomorrow. They they have also not played Juventus, a revived Juventus. It is going to be a master, master, masterful matchup between these two teams when they play, I think, in two weeks' time. You know what? I actually think that Juventus will probably end up finishing second in Serie A. Why? Because they're under enormous pressure now. Allegri has spent the first half of the season building up to the second part of the season saying, our season starts midway through just after the World Cup break with all the injuries, you know, no Paul Pogba, all of that. And now you've got this financial crisis on top as well. There is so little margin for error uh, and there is more quality to come into this squad. Uh, you know, once you get the, the likes of Pogba back, obviously Chiesa has now had that World Cup break to work on his fitness. He came back just before that. He's a very, very important part as well. I agree with you guys. You know, if an offer arrives for Vlarovic, you know, upwards of 100 million, yeah, you probably cash in on him. Will that happen? I doubt it based on his recent form. So, uh, you know, I think they're going to have to rely on him to, you know, perhaps put some of the, you know, put some of the goals in. Uh, and it's, I mean, do I think it's an insurmountable gap to, to Napoli. I don't think that Juve will be challenging for the title come the end of the season, but they cannot afford to not qualify for the Champions League. And I think because of that, uh, you know, they will ultimately get the job done. But the summer is shaping up to be a very busy one. I can see the likes of Rabio going on a free. Di Maria's got nothing left to achieve now that he's won the World Cup with Argentina. There are going to be a lot of changes to be made on and off the pitch. Nigel, I'm hearing quite a lot of optimism here about a club that recorded a loss of 254 million euros in 2021-2022. If it's not nailed down, it's surely up for sale at Juventus, is it not? I think so. I think for me, James, what I would say is for me is this is what happens with a lot of these big clubs. And we're not just seeing it with Juventus, we're seeing it some other clubs. They want to stay in that elite club. They're spending money that they don't have. They're being lazy. They're being arrogant. We've seen other clubs now do the right recruiting with the right network, hard work and scouting and get players in on the cheap without having to spend. When you look at Juventus, I think Juventus have still been just living off the Juventus of the old and what they're doing and consistently winning Serie A. And I think for me, I don't feel no sympathy for Juventus for the situation that they're in. Financially, they're in a big mess. And what people have to understand is this. Like, I've been involved in these situations with clubs, as you've mentioned before, James. Players can't do nothing about it. Players are not responsible. They're employees of the club. The only players who feel a bit more attachment to the club are maybe players from the city who came through the academy and everything else. Other players there see it as employment. And they know once you play for Juventus, once that on your resume, they'll be fine if they're still of a good age to go to other clubs. 
Juventus let themselves down because they've run that club in a very lazy format in the sense of going of the shiny things, going after the shiny players, Paul Pogba. Was that really a great deal to bring Paul Pogba back there to Juventus? And now he's been injured for most of the time. What a waste that has been for them financially. And it's the reality of big clubs being lazy. Another club I can say is in the same kind of vein, James, as you know, is Chelsea in the Premier League. Chelsea are doing very similar things. They're going after shiny players who've had a great World Cup without looking to see are they going to actually be good in the squad and the system that we've built. The one thing that's been saved, Napoli, is turning to youth, as Michael spoke about earlier so well and eloquently. The youth has been a bit breath of fresh air for this Juventus side that's really re-energised them and got them playing well. I still see them being inconsistent in this second half of this, the table. And I just think that this club is going to be a big mess come the summertime. That's very harsh on you, Nigel, about Paul Pogba, because they needed to replace their constantly injured, not really positionally defined midfielder after Aaron Ramsey went to Nice. So uh, I think uh-huh. they've done that quite well. But, but again, you, you said the thing is with, with Juventus is they've, they've gone after so many big names. They've gone after yeah. players yeah, yeah. that have actually the finished article. And you don't always have to do that. You have to build something. So there's so much talent in the world of football. And a lot of these top clubs are just lazy and going after the built players, the players that are polished. And you've seen it so many time and time again. If they were actually a bit more proactive and did the hard work, do the diligence, they can get some superstars for a much cheaper price and have a successful team. It's one of the best academies in Italy, as as Mike mm. talked us through. And look, you know, you go through a list of Italian World Cup winners, Italian greats, and tell me how many of them played some part of their early career at Juventus. And I do think I agree with you guys. It is absolutely the right way forward for Juventus. And it might even be the best way for them to go and get that top four finish this season. Right. That is us done on Serie A. If you want to read more, would really encourage you to hop over to cbssports.com. Our man Francesco Pozio has written a lovely column on what you need to keep a lookout for. Wednesday, January the 4th, we are back up and running. I think the first games are at 6.30 a.m. Eastern. So while you're getting ready for work, fire up the Serie A action. Just one more topic I wanted to touch on before we uh, before we call it a day, because I do need to dash. But um, some news out of La Liga. Uh, that La Liga has filed charges to the relevant judicial, administrative and sporting bodies in relation to the racist abuse suffered by Vinicius Jr. Uh, in the game against Real Valladolid last month. On the 30th. Uh, obviously, at the time, Vinicius Jr. said he was very unhappy um, at the what he thought was a lack of action being taken. Javier Tebas responded, and now we know that La Liga has has filed criminal charges. La Liga says it will also increase its ongoing efforts to eradicate any kind of violence, racism, or xenophobia inside and outside stadiums. The number of La Liga integrity officers present at matches where there is a risk of racist incidents will be increased in order to maximise detection and identification of this type of behaviour. In stadiums where there is considered to be a risk of possible racist behaviour in the stands, messages will be broadcast over the public address system and advertising hoardings surrounding the pitch to combat and condemn racism. Um, I know what I think about this. Mike, is that anywhere near enough? It's a it's a load of crap. <laughs> I think if you want things to change, and the fact that this isn't the first time this has ever happened in La Liga, it's really the first time that we've seen a player be very outspoken, a player that is one of the faces of your league, one of the stars of your league, combating it and going to the masses, going to things like social media. And we've seen what happens when you take to the media and make it your own to try and combat something is 
vile and awful as racism. You really want to make a difference, La Liga? Deduct points. Do something that's going to really affect these clubs. Because if you're going to say a PA announcement, that's laughable. I, I don't have any time for that. That actually makes me pissed that La Liga is even saying that. Yes, they're taking some level of action, but they're moving at snail's pace. They're, this isn't going to make a difference if you do this. And of course, we should say that, that that there are plenty of other sporting bodies that we could level these charges at UEFA with their meager fines for racist behaviour. But if you let off a flare or if you delay kickoff, God help you. Um, Nigel, what, what's your take on this? I think Michael handled that fantastically well. I mean, it's it's just sad that we're talking in 2023, I believe. I just wanted to check what year we're in. So we're talking about a PA system announcement and advertising board. Come off it. You know, you look at some of the top players in, in La Liga right now. Michael said you've got Vinicius Jr. Real Madrid have just signed Endrick, Camavinga, who are many. You've got black players playing in your league and you want them to feel comfortable and you're talking about a PA announcement. And the fact is, they're saying that they're going to go to games where they feel that there will be racist abuse. That's every game. Like, that's every single game in Spain. Don't say you're going to pick and choose. And it doesn't help when the head of your, um, I believe it's the head of the agency yeah. uh, in Spanish football made the comment to, about Vinicius Jr. dancing like a monkey. When you've got someone in that power position, in such a high position, making a comment like that, what do you think the idiot who goes and watches football, who's got no education, who's never mixed with anyone of any different ethnicity, is going to feel? He's going to feel comfortable and okay to racially abuse the player. And not to mention, Spain now have some actually black players playing in their national team. How are they supposed to feel? It's absolutely embarrassing. It's a joke. And like you said, James, as well, UEFA, FIFA, they have their own part to play in giving stiffer penalties at international level and also other uh, competitions around the world. Yeah, indeed. Thanks so much, Nigel and Mike, for talking about this because it is ludicrous. It is debilitating. It is incredibly depressing that... You know, we have to talk about this on a on a well. The, 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 yeah, that we have to talk about this on a podcast related to the beautiful game because there's absolutely nothing beautiful about this. It should have been stamped out, or it should never have existed. And um, it's really sad. I think for someone like Vinicius Jr. One, one thing, one thing to potentially add on that as well. I'd like to know sort of what the hiring policy is on those kind of integrity officers because having spent quite a lot of time in Spain, sort of assimilating a bit of Spanish culture over the years for a while. I don't think they realize how ingrained it is in society. It's to to them, it's not a huge issue. I, I always found that quite shocking. Uh, mm. You know, when uh, when when you go there and there's some things that are kind of like acceptable, almost kind of you know joked about, and it's it, it, you know it's really not a laughing matter. So I'd actually like to know sort of what these officers would kind of be trained to identify and sort of how they would discern between what's okay and what's not okay coming from the stands. Yeah, it certainly is a re real challenge. And, and as JJ says, I think, you know, we all know from not just La Liga games, but maybe from international games as well in, in the past, in the recent past, um, that this is a, a problem that is rife in Spanish football. And I think Nigel made the very good point that uh, if you are worried about, you know, if you're only going to the, the matches where possible racist behaviour could take place, that is every game. And frankly, that's not just the case in Spain, but it, it certainly is the case in Spain and uh, something we absolutely need to work a lot harder to, to stamp out. And I can only echo you know what? what Mike said. Yeah, yeah just add to that as well, because obviously we, we follow the Premier League a lot and people say, oh, England's bad as well. But the difference with England is you're not going to receive the kind of abuse Vinicius Jr. received at a stadium full of 
20, 30,000 away fans racially abusing him and everyone joining thinking it's okay. In England, we have put a finger gangsters who could be from anywhere in the world just want to racially abuse players because of what they've seen. And that's my point. It's the vision that they've seen and they've seen it in the news and social media. So some people just join on the bandwagon thinking it's funny. And the Spain situation is very similar when, like I said, you've got that head of the agent association saying that comment, dancing monkeys. So now you've got a lot of Spanish people now thinking, now Vinicius Jr. has been made a target. I personally believe so because of the comment of the head of the Spanish football agency. He's the one that started this whole thing to take it to another level. And it's not even like it's just all about football as well. I mean, think back to Formula One when Lewis Hamilton has been there and, you know, they had the, I think you had the fans with the, the effigies in the stands saying, you know, the Hamilton family. It's not, it's not only football. I mean, obviously we, yeah. you know, talk about sport from a, through the footballing lens, but, you know, it, it applies to other sports as well. Yes, indeed. Uh, and as I said, it's a deeply disappointing, debilitating topic to be talking about in 2023 and a, and a sad place to end. But we do have to end this episode of the House of Champions. Thank you so much for listening. Please take a minute to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're there. We're also available as video. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. Thank you so much for watching. Michael, JJ and Nigel, thank you so much for joining. I've been James Benj. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.